Let me start by appreciating the leadership of David Christian Center. For inviting me to this very August event in the month of August. Let me also appreciate the resident pastor, Pastor Eyewumi. And his team for the very wonderful job you're doing in this place. Can we give him a round of applause? And of course, I can't help but uh, appreciate my very lovely wife. Who is here with me this morning. Let us pray. In Jesus' name. Father, Lord, I thank you. Father, I worship you. Father, I exalt and I glorify your holy name. Father, this morning I stand before you in all humility. Father, use me to bless your people. Let every word that comes from my mouth be according to your will. Father, on my own I have done nothing. Father, I take none of the glory. You alone have made it possible. And to you be all the honor, all the praise, all the adoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. My name is Gabriel Obechi. I'm the group managing director of Rain Oil Limited. Rain Oil Limited is a company that plays in the downstream space of the Nigeria oil and gas industry. It's a company I've run now for 25 years, but actually for the past 30 years, all I've done is sell petroleum products. For the past 30 years, since 1992, I have been in the downstream space of the Nigeria oil and gas industry. Today, Rain Oil, I dare say, it's a very, 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 very significant company in the downstream space in oil and gas in this country. We own three tank farms in Lagos, in Calabar, in Ogara, in Delta State. As of today, we have more than 150 petrol stations spread across the country, from Lagos to Kano to Gombe to Asaba to Wari to Kaduna to Enugu to Lafia. I mean, uh, all over the country, we have a fleet of more than 250 trucks with which we distribute petroleum products across the country. We have a staff strength actually in excess of 2,000 people working for us in various aspects all across the country. So this morning I stand before you as part of your... Um, I know this month the church is uh, celebrating or running a program on the Breakthrough Month. So today, as part of the Breakthrough Month, I will be talking on what I have titled Lessons in Building and Running a Profitable Business. Lessons in Building and Running a Profitable Business. I will look at today's topic from three broad outlines. The first will look at the current business climate. Then we'll look at starting a business and then the meat of why we are here today, running a profitable business. 
current economic climate. Let's look at Nigeria over the last 12 years. Uh, in 2010, our population was about 158 million people. Today, our population is about 216 million and counting and projected to hit more than 400 million people by the year 2050. Our GDP 12 years ago was 363 billion. GDP today is about 458 billion. Inflation 10 years ago, 12 years ago rather, was 13.7%. Inflation today is 19.6% and counting, the highest we've seen in a very, very long time. Unemployment have grown from 21.1% to 35% today. So what this means is that Today, one out of every three Nigerians who desires a job does not have a job. This does not even take into cognizance those who have a job, which we classify as people who are underemployed, people who are doing jobs that is very well below their skill set. Foreign direct investment 12 years ago, was trending at $6 billion. Today, it's only a paltry $698 million. It tells you how much confidence foreign investors have lost in our economy. Exchange rate was about 122 naira to the dollars at 2010. Today, exchange rate is flirting with 680 and counting. It actually crossed 700 naira to the dollar not too long ago. Um, the direction where it will end up at the end of the year, your guess is as good as mine. Foreign reserve, 35 billion 12 years ago, 39 billion today, without providing for FX that has been committed on what they call FX forward. Um, total debt, 35 billion 12 years ago, our total debt today is $92.6 billion. Now, that would be a bit uh, disconcerting for those of us who follow the economy uh, because um, the word out there is that our level of debt is not sustainable. Not too long ago, the Minister of Finance was making a speech and she said that our total earnings today as a country is not enough just to service our debts. Now, we're not talking of paying the principal. Now, let me bring it closer home. Let me break it down a little bit. Just imagine that you're owing a hundred million naira and you're paying interest of 10%. So every year you have to pay 10 million naira just to service the interest, not the principal. Meanwhile, your entire earnings is just 5 million naira. And this 5 million naira is from this 5 million naira that you will feed, you will pay your children's school fees, you will pay house rent. Even if you take the entire five million just to service the debt, you can't even pay the interest. So that's the kind of situation we find ourselves today. Now, starting a business. Why do people start their own businesses? Number one motivation, they want to be their own boss. A lot of people just want to be their own man. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to decide what to do, when to do it, how to do it. So they want to be their own boss. They don't want to take instructions from anyone. Number two is the economy. At times, the economy just trusts entrepreneurship on you. I remember in 2004 when Soludo came with his consolidation program, 
when he said all the banks should consolidate and suddenly banks, the banks in the country moved from, I think, about 127 banks and shrunk to less than 30 banks overnight. People who were MDs in banks, executive directors in banks, general managers in banks, woke up one morning and they were all out on the street. They had no choice but to carry their briefcase and go look, go start their own business. Number three is financial independence. When you run your own business, you're financially independent. Your income is unbounded. When you're in paid employment with all due respect, your income is a finite sum. It's what my Igbo brothers call a goagwono, money that is counted. If you work for Shell, you work for Chevron, you work for MTN, even if you're the managing director and they pay you, for argument's sake, they pay you 240 million naira per annum, which is a lot of money. Am I correct? It's a lot of money, 240 million naira per annum, but that's 20 million naira a month. So the month they mistakenly pay you 20 million and 500 naira, the cashier will say you have been overpaid. Am I correct? You've been overpaid because your money is counted. Somebody counts it. But when you run your own business, your income is unbounded. Your income can go from zero to infinity. You know, there's nothing like too much money. Am I correct? So when you run your own business, this this year you make 20, you make 200 billion naira in profit. Claim it by the grace of God. Just claim it. Claim it. This year you make 200 billion. When you're having your strategy session, for the following year, the following year, how much do you really want to make? You want to make 400 billion. You always want to make more because it's never enough. That is what entrepreneurs get. Then, of course, freedom from eight to six work style. A lot of people just don't like to wake up in the morning and have to report somewhere because somebody says you have to start work at eight. It just doesn't sit down well with them. So they want to do their own thing when they get up and go to work when they want to go to work. Then number five is passion. People want to follow their passion. There's this lady, Mrs. Kemi Sampson, who I admire a lot, the lady who founded Sweet Sensation. She's a chartered accountant, had a very good job in an oil service company where she was doing very well, but she had a passion for cooking. She loved to cook. So she left her job to follow her passion and started Sweet Sensation from a garage somewhere in Ilupeju, and today, Swiss Sensation is one of the largest quick service restaurants in this country, and um, you know, uh, one of, ones with one of the best brands around. How do you raise capital for business? How do you, you know, when you see a lot of people, they say. Their biggest problem is that they cannot raise capital to start a business. And I say, how do you raise capital? The first thing I want to talk about is personal savings. Personal savings. I look at most of the fruits God created. I take the mango fruit, for example. You take a ripe mango fruit. You begin to eat it. You enjoy it. You lick it. You suck it. You get to a point. What do you see inside? Is the seed. What are you supposed to do with the seed? 
you are supposed to plant it. Now, whether you plant that seed consciously or you just throw it away where it drops somewhere and abides there, it germinates. And over time, it not just gives you a mango seed or a mango fruit rather, it gives you a mango tree that gives you several mango fruits in perpetuity. Most fruits are like that. God did not make it for us to eat our fruit and our seed. Too many people are eating both the fruit and the seed. I tell people, I say, what's the difference between somebody who earns 100,000 naira a month and somebody who earns 80,000 naira a month? How much, madam? It's 20,000. Then the next thing is, how come somebody who earns 80,000 naira at the end of the month is broke naturally. Am I correct? Somebody who earns 100,000 naira at the end of the month is also broke. But the guy who earns 80,000 naira is not dead. If the guy who earns 80,000 naira at the end of the month is broke but is not dead, how come the guy who earns 100,000 naira cannot save 20,000? You know why? It's consumption pattern. It's consumption pattern. We do respect to the women in the house. You know, they will carry one hair. They say it's Brazilian hair. It's 100,000. They will carry another one. They will call it one other swanky name and say it's uh, 70,000. Who knows the difference? <laughs> it's all hair. You know, one guy will wear one shirt. They say it's a, a YSL. He bought it for 50,000. Another one is carrying another shirt. He bought it for 25,000. There's no difference. They are all shirt. The important thing here is that for most people, as their income increases, so, they are, they are, so does their expenditure pattern just increase. If you earn 100,000 and you can't save 20,000, if you earn a million naira, you can't save 100,000. Mark my word. Because as your income increases, so does your expenditure pattern increase. So you must learn to save. The second one is loans. Loan. Yes, you can raise money by loan, but I can tell you one thing. You start business with equity. That thing called capital. Capital is owner's equity. You start your business with capital, owner's equity. But as you begin to grow the business, you can now begin to inject loan into it to expand the business. I find it very strange when people go to banks and say, oh, banks don't give loans. I say, you don't understand banks. Banks are desperately looking for who to give money to. My prayer for you is that your business will get to a point where banks begin to chase you with billions of naira. You look them in the face and say, I don't want it. Banks will chase you if you have a good business. But loan is to expand the business and to grow the business, not necessarily to start the business. Of course, you have investors. If you have a good business plan, you can put it, write your vision, make it plain, make presentations. The only thing is that when you bring in investors, they share the risk with you, but they also take equity interest. And they become perpetual 
shareholders in the business. I mean, I, I, I follow the Dangote story very closely. Dangote will tell you he started his business with 500,000, which his uncle gave to him. So just imagine that in bringing in that 500,000, maybe somebody just took a 10% equity stake in the business. More than 40 years down the line, Dangote is a multi, 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 multi billion dollar business. So just imagine what a 10% equity stake in a business like that will be today. Then, of course, you have family and friends. If you want to start your business, who is the first person you sell the business idea to? It's your spouse. If you're married, you, you sell, you sell it to your spouse. If you're not married, you sell the idea to your friends. Of course, if your spouse does not buy into your business idea, then you know you have a very, very long way to go. Your business must balance at home first. Your spouse must be your first cheerleader before you go out there. Now, running a business, running a profitable business, What are the key requirements for success? What are the key requirements for success? Number one, knowledge. I tell people that the most important thing in any business you want to do is knowledge. The most important thing, go to the next slide please. The most important thing you need in any business you want to do is knowledge. When you put knowledge in front and capital is trailing knowledge, what tends to happen is that the knowledge acts as a protective shield over the capital. When you put capital in front and knowledge is trailing capital, what tends to happen is that you tend to lose the capital to acquire the knowledge. And that's when we say you have learned the hard way. May it not be our portion to learn the hard way in Jesus' name. You see, we, if you, if you look around Lekki, drive from Aja to Ikoi, the roads are jammed. There are properties everywhere. Properties everywhere. How many of them do you think are into oil and gas? The person who is into oil and gas is making money. The person who is into property is making money. The person who is into IT is making money. The person who is into TV is making money. There is money in this economy. The Bible says, whatsoever you lay your hand on shall prosper. But I add that, lay your hand on what you understand. Lay your hand on what you understand. By the grace of God, I I dare say that I've made a success in oil and gas. But I worked in an oil and gas company for five years. I understood the business. I knew that if only I can raise the capital I needed, I'll be able to make a success of it by the grace of God. But I understood the business. And then I went into the business. So lay your hand on what you understand. Now, it does, every business has its own trade secrets. It does not mean that you cannot go into a business you don't understand. But if you want to go into a business you don't understand, regardless of how much money you have, keep your money aside. Quarantine it. Go and understudy that business. Understand it before you now begin to put your money into it. If you just go head on into it because 
you have the money and money is not the problem, you know what will tend to happen? You will, oh, I did this business and, uh, oh, I just lost five million naira. If only I knew this is what I would have done. Congratulations. It just cost you five million naira to learn how not to do the business. You do another one, you lose two million naira. Congratulations. It just cost you two million naira to learn how the business does not work. You still don't know how it works. So go and understudy the business first. Proverbs 16, 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than to get gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. How much better to get wisdom rather than gold? Number two is financial discipline. You want to run a successful business, you must have financial discipline. You must have the right mindset about money. Identify and eliminate redeploy unnecessary cost heads. Monitor your cash flow. Retain earnings is one of the best ways of growing a business. Financial discipline. If you want to run a successful business, you must be able to see money and keep your cool. Money for me is just a figure. It's just a number. One billion naira, two billion naira. It means nothing. There's no amount of money I will see in my account that will make me go and buy something I did not plan to buy. You must have, you must be able first and foremost to conquer the spirit of money. You know, some people, once they have small money in their pocket, it's itching them, it's itching them. They want to spend the money. You see somebody who has been living in a, a, a two-bedroom flat peacefully and happily for a long time. Suddenly he's looking for a duplex. Money don't enter pockets. He's looking for, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't move on, but move on only when um, it becomes absolutely necessary. Financial discipline, you must have the right mindset about money. I always give this example, you know. Just imagine, you know, for businessmen, for entrepreneurs, money is for production. While for people who are in paid employment with all due respect, money is largely for consumption. Somebody earns his or her salary, they want to pay house rent, meet a, a few needs, a little bit of savings here. But for the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur is always thinking of the next project. It's always thinking of the next project. Like I will ask you for example, just imagine that somebody is into properties and you're developing an estate in Badori down the road. You've acquired the, you've acquired the land. You've done the design. Your quantities of air have costed it. It's going to cost you 800 million naira to do this project. And then you go to your bank and say, how much money do I have there? And then they just scribble it for you and say you have 200 million naira. You want to do a project of 800 million and you have 200 million naira. Does the person have money? Madam, does the person have money? The point is, because in his mind, he wants to do an 800 million naira project. 
Even though he has 200 million naira, to him he does not have money. He is broke to the tune of 600 million naira. So no matter when you go to him and you are complaining how you have this problem, how you want him to give you 500,000, he will tell you, and very honestly, that he does not have money. Because truly, he does not have money. Somehow, he will manage to raise the 600 million. Somehow, he will manage to do the project. And somehow, his 200 million will grow maybe to 300 million and to 400 million. But before he even settles down with the 300 or 400 million naira, he has started another project this time that is going to cost him 2 billion naira. The businessman or the entrepreneur is always thinking of the next project. It's, they never stop investing. But the beauty of it is that a time comes when the rate at which they are making money become higher than the rate at which they can spend money, then at that point, they will know that they have, not that they've arrived, success is a journey. Success is a journey. They never stop. Because when I look at myself, I never stop investing. You have no idea how many projects I have going on per time. It's a journey, but you get to a point where you know, the, you, you, you know, there's something I used to find very funny. Every month we're investing and investing and investing. But at the end of the month, you just look at your figures and you, say, you realize that despite the amount of investment you've made, your cash position still manages to, to be on the increase. You understand what I mean? Keep your earnings in the business. Keep your earnings in the business. The best way to grow any business is through retained earnings. The best way to grow any business is through retained earnings. As you make money, Keep that money in the business and use the money to expand the business. Now, it becomes more important because of the peculiarity of our environment. We operate in an environment where interest rates today hover anything between 17% and 25%, depending on what your credit rating is. And mind you, this interest rate is not simple interest. How many of you here realize that interest is actually compound interest? Because you pay interest on interest. So there are very few businesses you can actually, or there are very few capital projects you can do with bank money and survive. Because that money, if you borrow money to double in four years, I mean double in four years, so what kind of returns are you going to make? So your best bet as much as possible is to use your own retained earnings to grow the business. You can borrow money just for trading. Like for us, for example, buy fuel, sell fuel, take it back to the bank. Buy fuel, sell fuel, take it back to the bank. But as much as possible, when it comes to the capital projects, we try to do it with our own retained earnings. Then most importantly... Always have in mind, turnover is vanity. 
Profit is sanity and cash is king. I repeat, turnover is vanity. You know, I run a business. My turnover is five billion naira. But I lost 50 million naira. The other person's turnover is 200 million naira. They made a profit of 50 million naira. Whose, whose business is better? It's the second person. You are only in business when your income exceeds your expenditure. If your income does not exceed your expenditure, you've just created activity. You're just busy. You've just created activity. Turnover means nothing. It's vain. The only person your turnover excites is your banker. It's only your banker that your that customer is a big customer. Does one billion naira with us every month. It's a big guy. Because your COT is tied to your turnover. I hope you know that. You know, bankers are very funny people. They were charging COT, commission on turnover. Then we all complained. Then they canceled it and brought it back through another means. What do they call it now? Account maintenance charge. What's the difference? It's all the same thing. Do we have a banker in the house? Show your hand, bankers. They take away COT. They bring account maintenance charge. But it's all the same thing. And it's a function of your turnover. Your turnover excites your bankers. Turnover must... I'm not saying don't get excited with turnover. Insofar as that turnover is impacting on your bottom line positively. Don't do turnover for the sake of turnover. Profit is sanity. Always look out for your profitability. If it's not profitable, stab it. The whole essence of business is to make a profit. I was in Harvard Business School a few years ago, and first day, the professor comes into class and says, Harvard Business School says, the whole purpose of business is to make a decent profit decently. Underline the word profit, decent. First and foremost, you must make a profit. But in making that profit, let the profit be decent. So in other words, don't do a turnover of 10 billion and make profit of 1 million. On paper, you've made a profit. But is that profit decent? It's not decent. Then of course, make the profit decently. Don't make it by engaging in child labor and all that and all that and all that. Then finally, cash is king. As a kid, I grew up in Onicha, my beloved town Onicha. In Onicha, there is this market called Ose Market. How many of you here know Onicha well? There is this market called Ose Market when I was growing up. There was this poster I used to see in some shops that got etched in my memory. This poster had two men. One was fat, looked very prosperous, and had so much cash around him. And he says, I sell for cash. 
The other one looked very lean and malnourished. And he said, I sell on credit. That thing got stuck in my head as a kid. And the lesson there is preserve your liquidity. In every business, preserve your liquidity. You know, accountants are funny people. When you buy something for 10 million, once you sell it for 12 million, once they raise an invoice, they've, they've invoiced it now. So you've made a profit. Am I correct? So on paper, you've made a profit of 2 million. But when you have a bill of 50,000 to pay, there's no cash because you have not collected your money. So it tells you that if you run a business, Keep an eye on your liquidity. Protect your cash. You know, people will come and say, oh, I have an LPO. You know, this is an LPO, correct? I have an LPO. I'm going to supply this good and I'm going to make 10 million. This is an LPO. Am I correct? But what is this? What is this? It's a piece of paper that you call an LPO. It's the integrity behind the piece of paper. That actually makes it that thing you call LPO. People come with LPO, 50 million, they want to go and supply. I say, guy, come. Have you ever tried to collect money from the bank? They say, yes. Do you know what they ask you before they give you 50 million? No, how many of you have tried to collect money from the bank? You know how much process you go through. Just have that at the back of your mind before you carry your goods and your money to go and supply somewhere in the name of an LPO. So, so many people's money is uh, hang. I'm not saying don't do LPO, but seriously fact check it. Very, very important. Because ultimately, cash is king. I need to run. Number three, right staff mix and skill set. What should be done? What are the job roles? Who should do it? What are their qualifications? How many people should do it? Do a workload analysis. How best do I get them and how do I keep them? Every organization is just as good as the quality of manpower they have. Every organization is just as good as the quality of manpower they have. It is not the machines. It's not the equipment. It's not the petrol stations. It's not the assets or the fixed assets that make any organization. It is the quality of manpower. At whatever level you find yourself, take your recruitment very seriously. Even when Renoir was very small, very, very small, I want to employ people, I go and advertise it in the Guardian, then. Because then I used to tell people that, I want to get the best I could afford. What did I call it? The best I could afford. So I will advertise it and people will apply. I will shortlist people. So we come. I may not take the best because the best then, what the best is asking for was maybe then beyond my pay grade. So I will let him go. But the best I could afford, I will take. Don't crowd your organization with brother and sister and relations who just make up the numbers but don't add value. 
Now, I'm not saying don't take your relations, but don't take them for the sake of relation if they are not adding value. My boss then, God bless his soul, he used to say, Gabriel, come. You see, this come here is like a boat. Just imagine that we are in the boat and we are paddling. As we are paddling, somebody is fetching water and pouring into the boat. Which one is better? To pick that person who is pouring and throw him overboard, let him drown. Or to allow him capsize the whole boat, let everybody drown. Which one is better? Which one is better? Now listen, listen. When you run a business, make no mistake about it. If that business fails, even you, you're on the street looking for a job. And you don't want that to happen. So don't allow anybody come and put your business at risk. Protect that business as if everything you have depends on it. Be decisive. Avoid analysis paralysis. There will never be a perfect moment. Be proactive and go after what you want. If you're 100% certain, then of course, it's most likely too late. The book of Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the cloud will not reap. Guy, you want to go to Ikeja? Ah, the go slow is too much. This rain is too much. The sun, ah, the sun is too hot. If you want to Ikeja, if you want to go to Ikeja, enter road and face Ikeja. Because my people say, now where person they go, they face. We also have a saying that if you look too much inside a hole, you will see a snake. It's called analysis paralysis. If you overanalyze, there will always be something that will stop you from doing it. Get on with it. There's never a perfect moment. The time to do it is now. You know, with the benefit of insight, everybody is wise. When we look back, okay, we've seen the outcome. Oh, this is what I should have done. The key thing is the benefit of foresight. Where are the opportunities going to be a few years from today and begin to position yourself? Adapt or die. Time is not our friend. You can't do the same things repeatedly. Step out of your comfort zone. Assess and adjust the business direction in response to a changing environment. You know, listen. The only thing that is constant in life is change. The way we did business 20 years ago is not the way we did business 15 years ago. It's not the way we did it 10 years ago. It's not the way we are doing it now. It's not the way we'll do it 10 years from now. Business, for a business to survive long term, they must keep adapting. In my early days of running rain oil, our key business was to supply a product called LPFO, low pore fuel oil. We used to supply it to companies that were using it to fire boilers. We were bringing it from Wari and from Kaduna. LPFO accounted for like 60% of our business. One day I was driving on Obaakran in Ikeja and I saw that they had dug up the side of the road and they had put pipes by the side. And I asked my staff, what's, what's that? 
It's okay, they are laying gas pipeline to Guinness and Speckle Mill and Co. I say, what for? Say they are going to use gas to fire their boilers. Oh, so they will stop buying our LPFO. I went to the office, I called my team, I said, come guys, we need to begin to diversify. We need to begin to... From that moment, we started going into retail. I just looked at our financial position and said, let's take some of this money and start building petrol stations. In the last 10 years, we have not sold one liter of LPFO. But the business has gone, grown more than 20-fold or more. That's... A few years ago, one of the key um, products we were selling was a product called DPK, kerosene. It was the bread and butter of the oil and gas industry. But the moment we saw the shift moving from DPK to LPG, four years ago, I told my people, let's start building an LPG plant. Two years ago, we commissioned our 8,000 metric ton LPG plant in Ijegu. So today, the demand for DPK has vanished. But before that time came, we had moved on from it. You must keep adapting. Now, listen. Don't fight change. Don't quarrel with it. How many people here have read this book, Who Moved My Cheese? It's a, it's a small book, but it's a classic book in change management. Because change will come. Don't sit down there. Listen, there is no price for pity party. Huh? Oh, Bob, this Buhari, eh? Now, what? This country, eh? Is there any medal for it? Dollar today is 680. Can you get on with how to do business with dollar at 680? That is your job as a businessman. Your job is not to indulge in pity party. It does not change anything. At the end of the day, you have to feed your children. You have bills to pay. Am I correct? Be real. Businessmen don't indulge in pity parties. Businessmen or successful businessmen ask themselves, what are the parameters? What are the factors? The factors are not perfect. But in this imperfection, how do we make progress? Be adaptive or die. Don't overlook technology. Stay up to date with emerging trends. Leverage tech-driven marketing channels, e.g. social media. Where are your customers spending time? Set up shops on those platforms. Those days, you know, if you want to advertise 20, 15 years ago, you put it in the newspapers. When I was talking, I, was, I used to advertise in The Guardian. Punch will tell you we have the highest print run in this country. We sell 100,000 copies a day. Person rate is one to four. So 400,000 people read our newspaper. Congratulations. Can we clap for them? Today, there are 204 million active mobile subscribers in Nigeria. Internet users are 145 million people. Social media users are 32.9 million. So today, all the young girls and boys who are, who are selling clothes, who are selling food, who are, where are they putting their goods? They are all on Instagram. 
you won't see them in the traditional media because that is where their customers are spending their time. For us in rain oil, we run petrol stations across the country. From my head office somewhere in uh, Lekki Oniru, we know what each pump sells in every petrol station. Every morning, we can tell you what each pump, a station in Kano, we can tell you what each pump have dispensed. It's technology. You must invest in technology. Know your customers. Know your customers. It all comes down to your target customer. One of the very first questions you need to ask yourself is, who wants what I'm selling? Who will find it useful? Who will love it? Know your customer. Who are your customers? Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 20 says, To the Jews I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law. No, not being myself under the law, that I may win those under the law. Who are your customers? Where are they spending time? I need to run now. Number eight, build an effective network. People buy products from people they know and trust, e.g. referrals. Identify high-quality prospective clients or influential introducers in your marketplace. Develop and implement a plan to get connected to them. It's not just the size of your network. It's the influence of the people within it that counts. What's the size of your network? Lagos is a city of 20 million people. How many people do you know? You know, in the midst of so many people, you can actually be very lonely. How many people do you know? You know, in 1995, I was still in paid employment. I love to play tennis. So I joined a club called Lagos Country Club in Ikeja. I paid about 28,000 naira of my hard-earned money then. Just to join the club. One day, the company I was working for imported a container load of cornstarch. I was the head of sales and operations. And the responsibility fell on me to sell the container load. I didn't know what to do. I was used to selling petroleum products. But this time, I needed to sell cornstarch. One evening, I finished playing tennis with a gentleman, Engineer Chike Mora. God bless his soul. He was the planning director of Cadbury. He was the one overseeing procurement in Cadbury, Cadbury Nigeria PLC. So I went to his God, please, I have a container load of cornstarch. He just called the purchasing manager in Cadbury and said, Gabriel will come and see you tomorrow, negotiate and buy the container load. Wow. I went there, negotiated and got an LPO for the entire container load of cornstarch. I went back to my office, showed it, showed it to my MD. He was, was like, wow. We supplied it. My MD was now begging me to take him to Cadbury. I needed to see that man. <laughs> so I went back to the man. I had to go and appeal to him. My MD wants to see you, please. He said, Gabriel, no problem. Bring him to my office. So he gave us an appointment. So on this day, we went to Cadbury's office on Agirimbi. From the gates, the protocol, through security, through reception, through waiting, 
before we now enter the man's expansive office. When I left that place, I said, Gabriel, thank God for tennis and Lagos Country Club. Because it now dawned on me that if I was just going to Cadbury to say I want to go and see this man, I can do that for three weeks and I won't pass through the gates. Listen, there are people you want to see in this Lagos that you're waiting for months to see. There are places where they hang out in this city that you can go to them without security. You just have to look out for those places. Do you belong to Ikoi Club? Do you play golf? Where do you hang out? Let's even come closer home. You, you belong to a church like this. Do you belong to activity groups? Or are you just a number? When they say 500 people came to church, that's great. You're just a statistic. Until you break it down. Madam, what's your name? Amaka. Until you break it down to smaller activity groups. I belong to ushering. I belong to choir. I belong to prayer group. I belong to cleaning group. When you break it down, that's when it now becomes, oh, it was not 50 people that came. Amaka came. Amaka now becomes somebody with a name rather than a statistic. And within that subgroup, things happen. Now, when we say network, it's not just about business. Business, relationships, all kinds of things. Because ultimately, people go out with people they know. People marry who they know. People do business with who they know. Am I correct? But that's not going to happen if you don't break things down to small activity groups. Build an effective network. Number nine, branch out. Expand within the capacity of your business. Branch out. The Bible says one we chase a thousand and two we chase what? Ten thousand. It's the power of multiplication. It did not say that two we chase two thousand. Two we chase ten thousand. Just imagine that Amaka is into fashion. And Amaka has a showroom on Akia Deshola High Street. Madam, what's your name? Chinwe. You know, Chingwe and Amaka are very good friends. So Chingwe goes to visit Amaka. When Chingwe gets there, Chingwe meets like 20 people checking out shoes, checking out dresses, checking out all kinds of things. When Chingwe leaves, they say, ah, even though Chingwe has patronized Amaka, he says, ah, Amaka is cleaning out here. Oh. Amaka is doing very well. Because typically, that, that's not, don't get me wrong. You know, typically, instinctively, we tend to count money in other people's pockets. Am I correct? No, it's, it's only natural. If you see a business that is doing well, you enter a restaurant and the place is jammed. There's a long queue. As a businessman, you say, oh boy, these guys are doing, they're not doing badly here. So before Amaka will know it, three fashion shops will open beside her, to the left of her. Four will open to the right of her. That's the only way, that's the way businesses happen. In 2006, seven, went to Asaba and opened a petrol station. In Reynoy, within the Reynoy group, we call it Asaba 2. 
If it's asked about two, everybody knows which petrol station we are referring to. When we opened up, it was selling 45,000 liters of fuel a day. It was doing so well. But we did not sit down there to say, this is where God has buttered our bread. The moment we opened that petrol station, we moved on to look for the next one. Before we knew it, because of course as the station was doing well, it, it dawned on everybody that there was market there. Today you go there, there are four petrol stations to the right of it, five to the left of it, six opposite it. <laughs> the station today maybe struggles to do maybe 30% of what it did in its heydays. But even though it's doing about 30% of its volume, We've gone to Enugu, we've gone to Kaduna, we've gone to Kano, we've gone to Lafia, we've gone. So our, even though our share in that small space has gone down, our aggregate share in the national market has done what? Has gone up. So you must expand your, because if you stay in one place, your share of the market can only shrink. Let me give you, let me bring it closer home as we close. You see, every market is a finite market. Am I, am I communicating? Every market is a finite market. So when you, if you're selling food on Akin Adeshola, that's, that food market in Akin Adeshola is a, is a fine, is a, we can, we can put a figure to it. To say it's a 50 million naira a day market. So any restaurant that opens, whether it is immediately by beside you or two kilometers down from you, is only eating from that same market. Am I communicating? Because that market is finite. So as you're doing well in Akin Adeshola, start looking at Ikeja. Start looking at Leki. Start looking at, so you must expand your business. Branch out. Then finally, you must have staying power. Luke 9.62 says, no one puts his hand on the plow and looks back. Is fit for the kingdom of God. You do not put your hand on the plow and look back. When you are in paid employment and they pay you 12 million naira per annum, what it means is January they pay you 1 million, February 1 million, March 1 million, April 1 million. Your salary is a million naira a month. Businesses don't make money that way. When they say a business has made profit of 120 million naira in a year, it does not mean that it makes 10 million naira every month. No. In January you may make 20 million. In February, you may make 5 million. In March, you may lose 8 million. But at the end of the year, it comes together that you make profit. Staying power is what gets you going when nothing seems to be happening. When you are going through those dry spells, when it looks as if things are not working, you need staying power to get going. Because once you make that decision to say, I am leaving my paid employment to running my own business. The last thing you ever want to do is to go back to where you're coming from. The last thing you ever want to do is to go into what I call, I beg, 
to apply. May that not be our portion in Jesus' name. In closing, it was Steve Jobs who says, I am convinced that about half of what separates successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance. May God give us perseverance in Jesus' name. My prayer for us is that in this month of breakthrough, may each and every one of us experience breakthrough in our lives. May God bless the works of our hands. May we never lack bread. Supernatural provision shall be our portion. It is well with us in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. We know you've been blessed by this message. To order a copy of this message or any of our messages, you can call us on 080-777-14411 or 080-777-14412. Or you can visit our website on www.davidschristiancenter.org. David's Christian Center, home of victorious people.